need you to speak through me. And Father, we need you to open the hearts and the ears of people that are here. So that, Father, they can be open to what you desire to do in us this morning. Father, not just in us as individuals, but us as a body of believers. Because, Father, I believe that the spirit of unbelief is something that we need to deal with. It's something that we need to conquer. It's something that, through your help, we need to have a victorious uh, life over. And, Father, we need you to help us to do that. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be talking about a story in 2 Kings. Now, in your notes, you're going to see 2 Kings 6.24 all the way to 7.19. Now, we're not going to read that whole thing, but that's where this story is coming from. Okay, And so what we're going to do is I'm going to kind of paraphrase the story a little bit. There are some scriptures that we're going to use. But basically I wanted to kind of give you the entire story and focus in on a couple of things as we kind of start talking about this understanding, this conquering the spirit of, of unbelief. So in 2 Kings 6.24, basically Israel in, in, uh, is being surrounded by an enemy. Okay, They're laying siege to, to the, the kingdom, and basically things have gotten pretty bad because of this siege. Okay, You see in verse number uh, 25 of, of chapter 6, it basically is talking about the famine that has come because of this army that surrounded the city. And basically they go as far as to tell you that basically at this point in time, a donkey's head is selling for eight 80 pieces of silver and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. Okay? Now that's important that I bring that up because in a minute you'll see why. So things are not going well. It, it, the Bible even goes as far as to tell a story about the king walking up and down the wall of his city, very upset about what's going on. And basically a woman yells up at him and says, you know, you, you got to do something, man. We're, we're starving. This is not good. And he's like, what do you want me to do? I'm not God. What do you want me to do? And the lady says, well, let me tell you what happened. She said, me and this other woman, we came up with this great plan. And the great plan was today that we would kill my son and eat him. And tomorrow we'd kill her son and eat him. And Oh, is I that loud? <laughs> we should save batteries. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I can hear myself now. Wow. You ever had one of those moments where you realize, well, I'm, I'm kind of annoyingly loud at times, you know? Okay, thank you, John. Yeah, I forgot to, yeah, I did that with communion. Okay. 
So now I'm like overly sensitive about it. Okay, so let's whisper together. Okay, now, so this is what it says in, in verse number one of chapter seven. It says, Elisha replied, okay? So they've gone to Elisha. I'm really sensitive about it now. They've gone to Elisha and they're going, what do we do? What's going on? What do we need to do? And this is what Elisha says. This is, Elisha replied, listen to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver, and 12 quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. Now, let's, let's remember, we just talked about, as the famine's going on, a donkey head is 80 pieces of silver, and you can get a beautiful, nice cup of dove, of dove, dove poop for five, Okay? So he's saying, in 24 hours, this is what's going to happen. Now remember, they're starving. They have nothing. They're completely surrounded. In chapter 2, it says this. Or verse 2, it says this. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. But Elisha replied, you will see it happen with your own eyes but you won't be able to eat any of it. So let's continue with the story. This is that's a very important part of the story. And so we continue now that there are basically, the Bible can, uh, tells us there are four leopards that are outside the city wall. Because of their skin disease, they can't go inside the city. So they're outside of the city and they're talking to each other and they're going, hey, listen, we got leprosy. We can't go in the city. If we go in the city, we'll die. If we, if we, if we sit here, we'll die. Let's, let's do this. Let's go to the enemy's camp and, and see if they will have pity on us and give us something to eat. If they kill us, hey, whatever, we're going to die anyway. So they go to the enemy's camp and they walk in and the enemy is gone. Completely gone. And everything is left there. And the Bible records that God caused the enemy to hear the sound of, of, of enemy troops and the sound of chariots. And basically it scares them so much. They've assumed that the, the king has hired other armies to come and to help. It scares them so much that they just leave. They leave everything. They don't take anything. They just leave. And so here's this picture. I love this picture in my mind. Here's these four leopards walking in and everything's quiet. And they're like, hello? Um, any, anybody here? <laughs> hello? And they realize it's empty. So they go to town, they start eating, they start having a great time, there's, there's money, there's food, and they realize, hey, this isn't right. And so they go back to the king and they say, hey, the enemy's gone. The enemy's gone. The king thinks it's a trap, he sends, he sends some scouts out and they find out it's completely true. And in, in chapter 7, verse number 16, we pick it up again. And this is what it says. This is in the people of Samaria, after they realize that the, the enemy has left. Uh, then the people of Samaria rush out and plunder the Armenian camp. So it was true that six quarts of choice flour were sold that day for one piece of silver. And 12 quarts of barley grain were sold for one piece of silver. Just as the Lord had promised the king appointed his officer. That's the same officer that told Elisha now that uh, this ain't going to happen, okay? To control the traffic at the gate. But he was knocked down 
and trampled to death as the people rushed out. So everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted when the king came to his house. The man of God had said to the king, by this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice oil uh, or choice flour will cost one piece of silver and 12 quarts of barley grain will cost one piece of silver. I love that story. I love, I love the Bible in so many ways. But one of the reasons I love it so much is I love the stories that we get. And in this story, we have the man of God sharing with him the, the message of God. This is what God says is going to happen. And he had a spirit of unbelief. He couldn't believe it. And here's the thing. I think in our lives, in the lives of this church, there is a spirit of unbelief. We have had promises of God. We've had God speak things into our lives. But because they've seemed so far-fetched, they've seemed so impossible, they've seemed so, well, that can't happen. We have allowed the spirit of unbelief to control us. To allow us to keep us from moving and doing the things that God has called us to do and asked us to do. Because the spirit of unbelief is a strong enemy that we deal with on a daily basis. But today what I want to do is I want to look at the doubts that this officer had. I want to look at these things to help us as we move forward in conquering this enemy. The first thing is he doubted the power of God. He doubted the power of God. I want you to look with me at Jeremiah 32. In Jeremiah 32, verse number 17, it says this. Ah, Lord God, it is you who've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Listen, I want you to do something. This is an an exercise that I think will help you when you deal with a doubting mind when it comes to the power of God. Okay? I want you to do this because you can do this so easily now and it's so amazing to do. I want you to go to the internet. I want you to go to Google and I want you to type in pictures from the Hubble telescope and look at the images. Have you seen these things? Have you seen what our God has created? When you, when, listen, when I look at those things, you know what my problems tend to do? They tend to get real small because I know my God spoke a word and those things came into existence. He is powerful. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing that God wants to do is too difficult for him. Look at Matthew 19. In Matthew 19, we see this wonderful scripture from from Jesus. And this is what it says. Maybe. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible But with God, everything is possible. Can you guys do me a favor? I usually don't do this, but I want you to do this just because I want to make sure you're still awake, okay? So this is is the exercise, because if you don't do this, I'm going to assume, okay, you're sleeping, and and, and we're going to go have lunch. Maybe that that wasn't the best. (laughs) We're going to stay here till 10 o'clock the next morning. I want you to say the word, watch this. I want you to say everything. Okay, on three. One, two, three. Everything. 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 God knows the words he used on purpose. 
He didn't say some things. He didn't say the things you can wrap your head around. He said everything. You see, the official couldn't get to grips with that understanding. He couldn't understand. That, that thing was above and beyond what God could do. Now, you say that's silly, but you know what? We live that way. We forget that sometimes, that God can do everything. It, it's all a part of what he can do. He's powerful enough to handle it. And then finally, look at Psalms 147. In Psalms 147, 5, it says this, How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. Listen, listen, hear me. I don't know what he's promised you. I don't know what he said. But I promise you this. He has got the power to accomplish his plan. He's got the power to do what he said he will do. You go, but Aaron, it's impossible. Aaron, it can't happen. Oh, listen, our God is powerful. Our God can handle it. Don't doubt the power of God to make a difference in every situation you ever face. You see, that official couldn't get his head around that. He couldn't see how God could handle such a hopeless situation. Next, and I think this one's important because this is one we don't always think about. But next, he doubted the creativity of God. He doubted the creativity of God. Okay? Now, listen. This is what he says. Let me jump back here. In 1 Kings, in, back in verse number 7, he says this. He says, verse number 2. This couldn't happen. After, after Elisha said, what would happen from God? That couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. Now, that's an important thing to understand. So in his mind, here's what he's thinking. In his mind, he's going, here's how this is, oh, this is the only way this is going to happen. Now, why does he think, in his mind, the only way this is going to happen is because he opens the windows of heaven. Now, obviously, we're trying to get into a guy's head that lived a long time ago. But my thought kept going back to this idea of, of manna, okay? Remember when the children of Israel are going through the desert? And how does God feed them? He allows things to kind of come down from heaven and rest on the ground. Remember when they needed, when they wanted meat and God sends quail. It's like he got in his mind, this is how God is going to respond. And God isn't and God hasn't, so God won't. Listen, hear me here. You always need to be open. I always need to be open to the creativity of God being, doing something in our lives that we don't expect. Okay, listen, I know in my life there's been times where I'll go, okay, God, here's where I'm at. Here's what I need. And I am so closed-minded to anything else. I'm so close-minded that I miss it. You remember the old joke? I, 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 talked about this, this, I thought about this week. Remember the old joke about the guy on the rooftop in the flood? You ever hear, hear that joke? Okay, real quick. There's a guy, and he's on his roof, and it's a flood. And he prays to God, Oh, God, will you please save me? The, the flood waters are rising. And as he's praying, a man comes up in a canoe. And he says, Man, the flood wires, you're going to drown. Get in the boat. He says, he says, no, I can't get in the boat. My God is going to save me. Ooh, very spiritual. So the guy goes, okay, he goes on. He keeps praying, oh, God, save me. Another guy comes up in a motorboat. He says, man, get in the boat. You're going to drown and the water's coming. No, no, no. My God is going to save me. Guy drives off. 
Water's still rising. It's getting higher and higher and higher. It's up to his waist now. A helicopter comes by. You know, Coast Guard. Guy, you know, repels down the line. He's like, get in the basket. You're going to drown. I'm going to save you. No, 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 no. My God will save me. Helicopter leaves. Man drowns. Man gets to heaven. Walks up to God. God, what's the deal? I prayed and prayed and prayed and you didn't save me. And God's response was, listen, I sent you a canoe, a motorboat and a helicopter. What more do you want? Funny little story. Not a funny little joke, but a funny little story. But you know what? We live that way sometimes. We have gotten in our minds that God is going to do something a certain way. And if God doesn't do it that way, listen, and this is dangerous, we think it's not of God. We need to be aware of that. He had it in his mind. This was the way it was going to happen. And it didn't happen that way at all. Look at Isaiah 55, a verse we probably all know. This is what it says. But God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Listen. If we are going to defeat this spirit of unbelief, we need to allow God the freedom in our lives and in this church to do it however he wants to do it. Because God knows best. I don't know best. You don't know best. God knows best. That's what we want. That's the plan we desire. That's the direction we want to go. But listen, you, gotta, you can't do that. And I know it's so easy because we, get, we, put, we, we put God in our nice little safe little box. And we go, this is where we like him. And this is how we want to package him up. But God is not confined to those things. Remember, God's powerful. He He doesn't handle your box real well. It's not where he belongs. And the final thing, he doubted the word of God. He doubted the word of God. Look at Psalms 119. In Psalms 119, 160, it says this, the sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. John 17, 17 says this. Make them holy by your truth. Jesus here is praying for his people and his disciples. Teach them your word, which is truth. And look at Isaiah 46. In Isaiah 46, uh, 8 through 11, it says this. Remember this and stand firm. Recall to mind your transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring from the beginning uh, uh, and from the ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all of my purposes calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a faraway country. This is important. Check it out. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will 
do it. Listen, some of you, you have your phones and you got your Bible on there. Some of you are playing Candy Crush and some of you have your Bibles that, that are ready. If you mark in your Bibles, if you mark in your phone, you need to highlight and underline the second part of verse number 11. You need to put, I have spoken, I will bring it to pass, I have purposed, and I will do it. You need to write that out. You need to put it on your mirror. You Put it on a sticky note. Stick it on your mirror in your car or in your home. Put that some where where you can see it because that is a promise of God that God has given us and when God has made a promise he will keep it period I love it and when God gives words like this because this is listen that's not like a hmm, I wonder what God meant here you know, I got commentaries in my office, and I can get online. Thankfully, it's really nice, and you can, you can find commentaries from, from all over the world, from all, all over the time. You know, I, I did not look up what this, what this meant in the commentary. I didn't think I really needed a, a bunch of other wisdom when it came to this. This seemed pretty clear to me. God has spoken, and it will be done. God has promised, and it will happen. But the problem is, sometimes it doesn't happen when we think it should, and it doesn't happen in the way we think it should, and it doesn't happen when we think it should. But this is very clear, folks. God has spoken it, and it will be done. I love that in the scripture that we read, as Isaiah is, no, excuse me, as as. Uh, as um, Elisha is speaking, he says, this is the word of the Lord. This is what God is saying. And we have that both in how God speaks to us personally and in the word of God. Listen, if it's in here, okay, if it's here and you read it, if God says something, you need to think of this verse. I said it, I've spoken it, it'll happen. It will take place. Because here's my belief. I believe very strongly that for some of you, and we're going to first talk about you personally, I believe that God has spoken promises to you. God has spoken things into your heart, and it may have taken place yesterday, or it may have taken place 50 years ago. And you have allowed this spirit of unbelief to creep in because it hasn't happened the way you think it should or it hasn't happened when you think it should. And because of that, you've allowed this spirit inside of you to rise up and basically say, you know, God, he's not going to do it. God won't. You must listen. Have you heard a lot of this? You must have misheard what God said. And we begin to doubt. And we begin to allow this spirit of unbelief to affect so many areas of our life. That's why one of the reasons it's so important that we allow God to conquer this in our lives. Because it doesn't just affect those small things. It affects so many other things. We begin to doubt all the things that God has said. We begin to doubt if we really can hear God's voice. We begin to doubt all these things because we wonder why, why, why. Why hasn't it taken place? And here's what I believe. I believe this morning, God wants with us a part of it and his power to conquer those spirits of disbelief. He doesn't want us to be 
like the official. Because here's the thing. Here's, here's the tragedy of the story. Okay? Here's the tragedy of the official. And it's so interesting because we see something a little different here. Elisha looks at him and says, you will see it, but you won't enjoy the blessing of it. That's interesting to me. What does that tell me? What do I see in that? It's quite simply this. God will accomplish his purposes. God will bring it to pass. The question is not, will God do what he promised? The question will be, will you be able to enjoy it? That's the question. The question, will you reap the blessings of the promises of God? And the thing is, you can do that as the promises are being fulfilled... And you can do them after the promise has been fulfilled. Because one of the hardest things, let's be honest, is we're praying for something. Maybe, maybe it's a loved one that, that needs to come see, meet Jesus. And we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and we're praying. And you know what? That can be a hard, discouraging road when we don't see the promise of God happen when we want it to. But you know what? It can be uplifting and helpful and strength building when we look at those things and say this. God, I know it hasn't happened yet, but I believe in what you promised me. I believe in the the promise that you've shown me. I believe in the words that you've said. And so even though I don't see it, even though I feel like I'm trapped in a city under siege with no way out and no escape, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know exactly what's going to take place, but I know at some point my enemy is going to scatter and I am going to go and I'm going to enjoy the blessings and enjoy the miracles and enjoy the promises of God in my life and in the life to come. I want to live like that. Because you know what? Let's be honest. If we're really honest with ourselves, as human beings, we're pretty negative people. We look around us and we go, God, how? God, why? But I believe personally there are promises that God has made you. And you need to grab a hold of them again. You need to basically say, you know what, God, even though I don't see it, even though I can't, I, even though I, I, it's hard for me to believe, I will believe. I love the story in, G, in, in the Gospels where the man says, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. What a wonderful, amazing, honest prayer. But it's going to happen. I can't tell you when. I can't tell you how. I don't know. But he promised it promised it and it'll come to pass you may not see it in this life you may you you may have to 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 go be with jesus for a while i don't know but i believe that god's promises are yes and amen they're done it's only a matter of time if the worship team wants to come up, we're going to close this way. And I, my, my plan is to allow the spirit to kind of move, but, but also to kind of try to end this services a little bit this way because I want to also talk about this church. Every week I want to talk about the spirit, defeating those spirits um, of, of unbelief or the other things we're going to be talking about in our own personal life and in this church, okay? So this, this is one of those times where as your pastor, we, we just going to have a heart to heart. We just got to talk. 
I've been here next week. It'll be two years, basically, straight. My first Sunday was October 15th, 2017. It's now October 6th, 2019. And so over that time, I've, I've prayed and I've looked and I've seen and, and, and we've gone through lots of different things. We've had some people leave. We've had some people come. But I truly believe that, listen to me, I know in my life, I know in the life of my wife, and I know in the life of you, because some of you have shared this with me, that God has made us promises about this church and what God's going to do. And look, you know me, and you know how I roll, and I'm just honest. He hadn't done it yet. And I know in my life it can get really discouraging. Because you, you go, God, why? What, 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 what are we doing wrong? What do we need to be doing? You know, you begin to try to, if I do, just do more and this. And, and it's hard. But sometimes when it really comes down to it, we deal with a spirit of unbelief because we just don't see it. How could God do this? But folks, listen to me. Listen, you know me. I'm not going to tell you things I don't believe, and I'm not going to tell you things that I do not believe is from God. Our best days are ahead of us. I don't know how. I wish I could just open up the book and go, okay, this is, this is, this is what's going to happen next week. 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 Ta-da! I don't know. But I know God has promised And I'm going to hold on to those promises. And I need you to hold on to those promises. Because this spirit of unbelief is like a cancer that can get into the body of believers and kill it from the inside out. And it's time to stop living that way. It's time to look at things and go, you know what, even though I don't see I believe my God is powerful and strong and he is going to accomplish what he has set out to do. And look, guys, listen. I don't know what that looks like. My plan has always been to be here for as long as God wants me to be. Listen, this plan may come to pass 10 years from now and I've been gone for eight of them. I don't know. I'm never, I'm just being honest with you. God didn't say, Aaron, you are going to do this. He said, this church is going to do this. Now, I want to be a part of it. Don't get me wrong. But I believe God is going to do amazing things. I believe God has promised amazing things. And I believe God has asked us all to be a part of it. But it starts with killing and defeating and conquering the spirit of unbelief in our lives personally and in the life of this church. Now you say, okay, Aaron, what do we do? How do we do that? Listen, I only know of one way and that's we get on our face and we call out to God and we pray. We pray. We fast. Why do we do every, starting in January? I told you it's coming, put it on your calendars. We're doing our 21 day fast again in January. Get ready for it. Why do we fast? Why do we pray? Why do we come and we pray together on Wednesday? Why, 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 why? Because that's how we defeat the enemies. That's how we conquer the spirit of unbelief.
So here's what we're going to do, okay? This is going to be a little different. And this makes make some of you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And with all the love I can muster, you need to get over it because we need to pray, okay? And we need to call out to God as a body of believers and defeat this enemy because we are more than conquerors through Christ. We are super conquerors and we've been walking around with a spirit that says we're not. So how I want to end this service is I want us all to to just begin to pray. John is going to play something quietly. I'm not going to have him sing immediately. But we're going to call out to God. Okay? We're going to call out to God as a family and as a group that we would defeat this spirit. This spirit in our lives, this spirit is individuals, but also as a body of believers, as a church family. And then we're going to walk out of here conquerors. And when the enemy comes and tries to attack, we're going to beat him down again. We're going to encourage each other. When we start talking to each other about, about, well, I just don't know if God's going to do it. We're going to look at each other and go, no, 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 no. We're conquerors. We've defeated that spirit. We're not letting him back in. And next week, we're going to talk about other things that we're going to defeat. And I believe at the end of this series, we're going to be victorious because we've already won. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. The victory's already been won, folks. It's just time to get on the battlefield and take what belongs to us because of what Jesus has done. So let's begin to pray. Let's begin to call out. If you need to begin to call out for yourself personally, I invite you to begin to do that. But if it's, if it's for the church, all of us have got that. We're all a part of this together. And so we're just going to begin to call out. And then I'll have John come up in the right moment and he'll lead us in a song and we'll close. But right now, let's begin to call out. Father, we come to you right now. Come on, folks. I need you. I got to have you guys. I can't do this alone. Please. Please, I need you to pray. I need you to pray. We've got to get past these things. God has great, amazing things for us. But if we live in the spirit of unbelief, we will miss what God has and people will go to hell without Jesus. This is serious. This matters. It matters more than this stupid football game later. It matters more than what you're having for lunch. This matters. Please, please, I can't do this alone i got to have your help. Pray. Pray. Because we're living in a world that needs Jesus. God, we come to you. And God, we have been living in this spirit of unbelief because we can't see how it's possible. We're too small. My, my kid doesn't love you at all. My, 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 my work is hard, whatever it is. Whatever it is. And Father... You can do all things. It's possible with you. It's not possible with us, but with you, all things are possible. And so, Father, we come to you as individuals, and we pray that in our life, I pray that you would just 
Remind us of those promises. Remind us of those words. Remember of those things. Maybe it happened five years ago. Maybe it happened 80 years ago. It doesn't matter. Your promises are yes and they're amen. They'll come to pass. And those things that we've buried, those things that we've stopped praying about, those things that just seem impossible. Father, we bring them to you. And we believe again. We believe that you have the power to accomplish your plans in our lives and in the life of our family, in the life of our friends. And Father, we believe that you can do it here in this church. It doesn't matter what the past has been. It doesn't matter where we are right now. God, you are big enough and strong enough and powerful enough to do the impossible. Our bet, our other, you've got better days ahead of us, Father. I believe that. I know that you have great things. People are going to come to know you. People are going to get saved. Lives are going to be changed. Addiction is going to be broken. Amazing things are going to take place. Not because we've got it figured out. Not because we're doing the right thing or have a billboard in the right spot. But because you are good and because you are here. And you will draw men unto yourself. But Father, it starts with us as a family believing what you promised and that you're going to do it. Father, I believe that you have great, great things in store. And Father, I pray that you would help my unbelief. You would help my faith to grow. And Father, as we as a family call out to you and pray together, Father, I pray that you would conquer that spirit of unbelief, that you would put a a, a sword through its heart and that you would drive it out in the name of Jesus. It's gone. It's dead. It's killed. And we can move on in the faith and in the knowledge that our God will do what our God has promised he would do. Thank you, Jesus. We look to you because you are our source and you are our hope. Thank you. Let's all stand. John's going to come and lead us in a closing chorus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So good. You're so good, Father. We trust you. We give it all to you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I need you Thank you, Father To soften my heart Break me apart I need you To open my eyes To see that you're shaping my I may be 
folks run to the enemy's camp and take what's yours <laughs> 